Are you interested in money, trends and behaviours? Welcome to Fin Talking, hosted by Jemima Joseph, Cassandra Crow, and Erica Hall. Just a quick reminder that this podcast provides general information only. It is not intended to provide financial, legal or tax advice. If you need advice, please consult a professional. Now let's get Fin Talking. Hi there and welcome back. More than 900 Australians actually retire every day in Australia. And this is a trend that will continue because we have an ageing population. And it's really interesting when you look at some of the statistics here because the majority of Australians agree that a good retirement is a comfortable retirement, meaning they have enough money to buy the things that they want and they won't run out of money. Yet more than 40% of Australians actually rely on the age pension, which is a pretty modest income. So I feel like something is at odds here. And I think talking about retirement today is super relevant. We all have family or parents who've retired. We all know people who've struggled financially and might need support in their retirement journey. So today, I think let's just get stuck into it. What does retirement look like in Australia today? Jemima? <laughs> Jemima? I was like, do I go first? I don't know. One issue with retirement, and it might be a bit soon to jump right into this one, but There is, as there is with all different stages of like wealth accumulation, especially in Australia, but I don't think it's just unique to Australia, is there is a gender imbalance in retirement. So you mentioned that, you know, there is that reliance on the aged pension, but there is more so of a reliance on the aged pension for women than there is for men. So I think it was 69% of Women, and this is like a statistics from the ABS in 2017, so you can only imagine what it would be like now, is that 69% of women compared to 63% of men aged over 65 depended on the age pension to get themselves through retirement. So That's huge. Yeah. Look, I think your your comments around women really pertinent because it, it does all stem back to working lives and women earning less and so therefore saving less, therefore entering retirement with less. Mm -hmm. And so that is the flow and effect from the gender wage gap. So for sure. And then of course, on top of that, women live longer. Mm -hmm. Um, So their retirement savings have to last a hell of a lot longer um, typically than than a male's. What I found really interesting actually is there's a new study that's out um, which tries to capture the emotional feelings around retirement mm. and the worry that people have in, in when they're thinking about retirement. So they actually surveyed people heading into retirement, so pre-retirees, and then those that are already in retirement as well. And what they found is that retirement income and worrying about retirement income was the second biggest worry that um, people had. The first worry was actually climate change. Um, and then retirement income, yeah, mm, it was the second. That's interesting. It is. But then what that study also found is that women worry more and that actually people that were pre-retirees worried more than those that were actually in retirement. So they kind of called this anticipatory mm. worry. Mm-hmm. And I liken it to like, like when you go and get a needle and the thought of having that needle is kind of really scary and sometimes worse than the needle <laughs> itself. It's a little bit like that with retirement too. It's the uncertainty. It's like it's a completely different totally. um, you know, experience. So you've been working all your life, you've, you've, you've been saving money. This is different. Now you've got to rely on that money that you've saved um, and sort of you're in this deaccumulation phase and you don't know how much you're going to spend, how healthy you're going to be, how long you're going to live for, what are your needs going to be. And so that 
makes you really concerned, um, which makes a lot of sense because we know that humans really don't like uncertainty and that sort of fear of unknown um, is weighing on their minds. So I just thought that that was a super interesting study in terms of the fact that women worry more, the fact that the thought of retirement was worse than once you actually hit retirement, you sort of the worry dissipated somewhat, even if it wasn't the retirement wasn't what you expected. You adjusted mm. to your circumstances. Yeah. And look, not surprisingly as well, those that had saved less worried more. So all really interesting sort of snippets in terms of what retirees and pre-retirees are thinking. I think that's spot on. I, I love that um, image of the injection I'm thinking about when I go to the doctor <laughs> or my daughter goes to the doctor. It definitely the night before it feels worse than the day of the injection. But I think that's so spot on because for me, retirement is different in every way. I mean, I'm not in retirement yet, but obviously knowing people who've gone through that journey, I think Erica, as you said, it actually feels emotionally different to be in retirement because you're no longer receiving an income. You're actually drawing down an income and you don't know how long that's going to last or what the environment's going to be or how long you're going to be alive. And no one really wants to think about um, the time that that Very might true. end. So I think it's different from how it feels, but also the technical side from an investment perspective, thinking about what you might invest in, the risks that you worry about. You're worried about uh, mostly running out of money. So they call that longevity yep. risk. The risks are different. So I think, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. Everything about retirement is just so different to when you were accumulating wealth. And I think that causes a lot of nervousness and for women, it sounds like even though we're saying they worry more, perhaps with reason, because it seems like the outcomes yeah. for women, Jemima, that you touched on at the start are worse. And one of the statistics I was going to add to that is uh, 45% of women between 65 and 69 have zero superannuation. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, you imagine like, that yeah, and they're just going on their, embarking on their retirement journey. Pretty scary. Yep. I think. Very scary. So there was a really great report that came out from the Workplace Gender Equality Agency early this year, in, so in Feb, and they looked at women's economic security in retirement. They had a section in the report, which is why this matters. And what the data is really showing is that there's more elderly women than men that are living in poverty in Australia. And, you know, all of this accumulates and the imbalance and the lack of wealth generation for women over time can really lead to a lot of women facing a lot of financial insecurity in retirement, both from a perspective of poverty, but also from the from the fact that there are a growing number of women, and I think we've talked about this before, that are experiencing homelessness. So from 2011 to 16, that's increased by 30%. So people don't tend to talk about this because retirement is kind of looked at as like, hey, when I retire, like, I'm going to buy a boat mm. and <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to buy a caravan and we're going to... Live large. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, all the things. And, you know, one thing that retirement affords is the ability to have time to do all the stuff that you wanted to do that you might not have been able to do because you had to work during those accumulation years. But, mm -hmm. you know... Mm. I think what's is interesting and like I mentioned before people don't talk about is that's not a universal experience for everyone so there are these pockets of people that are you know really struggling and I think that that's really interesting given that we do have a safety net here in Australia. We do have the yep. age pension. So, you know, there is something, mm -hmm. I mean, and not that people aspire to live solely off the age pension, but there is that mm -hmm. um, capability yet even so 
you know, it's it's still not a you know, it's not a rosy mm. picture for all. And so, you know, imagine if you didn't even have that safety net. Totally. But I think it's even more complex actually when you look at cognitive decline. So one in five women from age sixty-five have dementia. Really? So that's a much higher statistic yeah. than men. And so I think even when we factor in, you know, as you get older, the risks that we all face to our health, knowing that, as you said, Erica, women live longer, but they're also more prone to these types of cognitive declines like dementia. And we're asking them to think about one of the most difficult uh, scenarios yeah. in their lives, which is their retirement. Uh, I think it's even more challenging when you think about the potential for that is really uh, devastating, as you say, Jemima, not yeah. for everyone. Uh, there are some people out there having a great retirement. That's fantastic. But for a large number of our society in Australia, it seems like there are real issues around homelessness, cognitive mm -hmm. decline, uh, support. And I think these are some of the themes that we hit on in our first episode on yeah. financial literacy as well. It all kind of comes back to that education and engagement earlier on. Um, and Erica, as you said, the pay gap and those things really do play a huge role. From a wealth generation perspective, the years before retirement are called accumulation, where you accumulate your wealth. But I think we could look at financial literacy in the same way that you really want to be accumulating that knowledge and understanding as you progress through life. So when you do hit that point at any point in time, but I think even more so for retirement, there is a greater understanding an appreciation and awareness of things like that you could have done along the path to get to a better financial future. I think that that's a really interesting point because there's definitely been some work done to show levels of engagement during the accumulation phase and a lot of people are just not that engaged and so they really only start to sort of pay attention once they get a certain critical mass saved or when they're heading into that retirement sort of window and then they're like, oh, I better have a look and see what I've got and I better consider, you know, what my options are. And sometimes that might be a little bit too late. I guess it's never completely too late, but it does limit your options the, le the longer you leave it. And I do remember going to a conference once and one of the um, really impressive women actually in the industry was talking about the accumulation phase is you know, whilst it's pretty new, it's pretty robust. Like we'll pretty much have that under control. But the decumulation mm, phase, yeah, is yeah. a is a bit more challenging. And she had likened it to a half-built car and then sort of saying what we're asking people to mm. do then is to then finish building it. Here are the here's the spanner, here's the wrench, go go sort it out. And yeah. I think that that's yeah. really you know, that really resonated with me. Like I heard this years and years ago, but it just, it's, to me, that visual image of that half-built car and the poor retiree trying to build it um, to have a really happy and fulfilled and financially sort of healthy um, retirement, you know, is, is, a, is a big, you know, undertaking um, and, and perhaps mm. it's a, a bit too much to expect of retirees to be able to pick up that wrench and build that car Definitely. and complete it. I mean, it's an unfortunate image, but an excellent image to try to um, articulate what we're talking about today. And I think part of the reason, though, for that is when you're in accumulation, you've got money coming in. If markets go up and down, you can invest in equities, whatever it might be. You can really ride out that volatility more often than not because you're still investing over time and there's the benefit of compound interest that we've also spoken about before. But when you're going to retirement, and it might sound obvious, but when you start actually drawing down on that capital for your income, 
if you are invested and the market takes a a turn or there's a global financial crisis or something like that, and then you're pulling out your income at a time when your your investments have gone down, it really exacerbates the loss because you're having to crystallize that um, in a downturn or a negative market environment. And I think that in a large part is the main difference between thinking about investing in accumulation and decumulation for me in any way. But I think the car image is, you know, really sends it home. I think, Erica, that's a great analogy. Definitely. And with the that car analogy, people don't really have the tools to build it themselves because there is that issue of exactly there's a financial literacy. You know, we mm. talked about a pandemic in that own respect that's going on at the moment. So, you know, people just don't have the tools to complete the car. So then it's an opportunity for advice though, isn't it? It's an opportunity for advisors and the industry to actually try to offer that advice and engagement's hard, as we've mentioned, but there's actually an opportunity there on the positive side to make a difference. And look, there was a study done a couple of years ago by Milliman, which I really loved because I thought it was such a pertinent study and what it found is that more than half of the retired Australians restricted their spending to less than what they would get on the age pension mm. and and they also anticipated or um, found that probably around up to a third were living in poverty and so I think that that's really interesting in terms of these these people because they were so fearful of running out of money they were just then restricting their spending because that's something that they could control so that they could be sure to to be okay, but not really realising that they probably, they could probably spend a bit more. They've got the age pension safety net, that whole image of that half-built car. It's like, well, we're not really too sure, so we're just going to be really ultra-conservative. And so the study looked at the reasons, you know, what, what are the reasons why people are being so conservative with their money in retirement? And so one of it was, yeah, they weren't sure how long they were going to live for, and so they were literally self-insuring um you know, their longevity risks, so the fact that they might live longer than, than they anticipate. Some wanted to leave money to their their family. The, the other uh, scenario that they talked about was that this particular cohort had lived through multiple recessions and so, you know, were conservative by nature anyway. They, they'd been through the pain of recessions before and so they just didn't want to be in a situation where they, they couldn't put food on the table, I suppose. And, you know, perhaps also one of the things which I think is really interesting is as an industry, we might have set a bar too high in terms of how much you need to have a comfortable retirement. And, you know, there's been certain figures bandied around. Um, There's been certain, you know, um, dollar amounts from an income perspective. There's been certain lump sum amounts that have been shared in the past as well. And are they the right um, figures to be sharing? And then has that had an impact on people's perception of like, well, I don't have that much saved, so therefore I need to be super frugal because mm-hmm. I don't meet that lump sum amount. Mm, definitely. How people approach accumulation and that accumulation phase and how they approach saving and that frugality that we talked about, I think in an earlier episode as well, from the boomer generation having experienced previous recessions and how they approach that situation, that could have been fine in the accumulation phase. But on the other end of decumulation, it's like a mindset shift is needed to recognize, okay, and I'm really in a different stage of life from a financial perspective, also from an emotional, um, what you're going to do with your time. Mm -hmm. Like 
there was a great quote that said, it had no author, it was like one of those anonymous ones, that retirement is the only time in your life when time no longer equals money. And it's like, so you've got all this time to like spend, but no one kind of prepares you for that shift in, you're not going to be working every day, so what are you going to do with your time? There's also no preparation of how to deal with changing your mindset and how you approach your finances. And yeah, I guess that gap in education does lead to to more fear. And as we know with fear, like once that kind of permeates, it kind of hinders you and you kind of don't necessarily, either you don't do anything to address the fear, yeah. which can then create more problems. It's, yeah, it's quite a negative spiral. And, and that's where I think though the concept of, like a retirement coach or the advisor as the life coach where they can take some of that worry away, I think is, because I mean, a lot of what we're talking about is quite grim, unfortunately, and really, as I say, super relevant. Yeah. I think this discussion today is super relevant. Um, of all the things we talk about, this is is highly critical, but it is a bit dire when you look into some of the pockets, as you said, Jemima, <laughs> so it's like, well, what can we do about it? And I just think yeah. in listening to some of the things you're saying today, it really is, there's a role for a retirement coach or someone to kind of get you through the technical aspects, which are quite complex and the emotional aspects, which is quite a big life change. I mean, even the thought of not going into an, to an office again to work um, must be super unsettling. I can't imagine what that would be like. Um, so I think there's a huge role for, for some kind of coach through that. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, for sure. Like I think it's so complex um, and as you say, it's not only, you know, the, the figures but also the emotions. So having someone to coach you through and to do the modelling to show you what it could look like, what your spending could look like, what you need to sort of, um, I guess, the amount of risk you need to take with your investments as well and also then give you that confidence, that emotional confidence by behavioural coaching to say, you're going to be okay because when you talk to advisors, they pretty much say every client asks the same thing. It might be in a different way but it's basically, am I going to be okay? Will I have enough? That's all every client wants to know. Totally. And so yep. if you can actually, yep. you know, give them the facts, show them that they're going to be okay um, and help them and guide them through that sort of emotional journey as well, then I think there will definitely be a better outcome. And I just think, you know, when I look at that Milliman study and I look at, you know, that more than half are actually, you know, spending less than that age pension and, and living, you know, not a full and happy, well, I mean, I shouldn't say I, I don't want to um, overstretch, but, you know. They're not enjoying well, their retirement. Maybe they are. They like uh, That's my point. But I guess the point being is they might be feeling financially stressed when they don't have to be. And so, you know, the fact that up to a third could be living in poverty doesn't look successful to me. And so the fact that we do have this safety net in place and that with the right sort of structures, perhaps, you know, people could be having a little bit more um, financial freedom, then I would expect that would then lead to a happier and more fulfilling retirement for sure. I mean, I can't help but think of my husband who always says, I want my last check to bounce. And that's his philosophy. He just wants to enjoy his life and his retirement and just have that last check. And that's kind of the problem because you don't know when that last check is going to bounce. But if we could figure that out with that, you know, retirement coach or something like that, it just gives you the confidence and certainty I think you're talking about to have your last check bounce. I love that. 
Yeah, because you work your whole life to sort of have a certain um, lifestyle. And so, look, I know my parents have said to me, don't expect an inheritance. We're spending the lot. Um, and that's that's awesome. you know, they've worked hard for it. So, I hope my parents you know. don't hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it does remind me of a great quote by Benjamin Graham um, in relation to investing. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is the re- really important in that investing isn't about beating others at their game. It's controlling yourself at your own game. And so it's really just making sure you're on the path for what you want to achieve and forget about comparing yourself to everybody else. Be clear about what you want to achieve and then just you know yeah. get some support if you don't have it. Get some great advice to actually get you to where you want to go. 